speak about you as really being very compassionate, very loving and kind. And uh, I thought about that huge crowd trying to get on those planes there in Newark. And the woman who was there with her six children, and we had about three minutes to get on the plane. She was getting going on the same plane. And she started to cry with these little children. I said, sheesh. And she says, I'm just going to cry. I says, well, go ahead and cry. And uh, have a good one. And I'll, we'll, gather, we'll help you gather the children. Once I was sitting in a wheelchair, and they were about taking me apart. And I think uh, br Brother uh, got through easier than I did for some reason. I guess he just told them that he had these appliances and his legs and things like that. I just, I maybe I they picked the number and I was the number or something, you know. But with a lot of people, another interesting things that happened was near the retreat house there was a, a Jewish section, and I hadn't seen any Hasidic Jews since I left New York. Although they tell me there are some in, uh, you know, other places. In fact, Elizabeth said there's some in. Uh, Seattle, and it was there at Rosh Hashanah, New Year's, and Feast of Booths while we were there. And of course, they cannot get in, an air, in a uh, car or anything like that on their Sabbath or, or on their holidays. They stayed home. So they were all out walking with their big hats and their black clothes and everything. I enjoyed that very, very much. And then I went to uh, uh, Orthodox Church, the new Rokor Cathedral. They have a shop there, and if you're all very good, you'll all get something when the boxes get here. I bought something for every one of you, each family. And uh, so I had a very good time. And to do, do with these Gospels is that all those people in that airport, they needed a lot of compassion. They needed a lot of prayer and hope. There were some Jews there, too, going somewhere. I don't know. And uh, what, my last thing about that part of town is on New Jersey, that part of New Jersey, there's all sorts of religious groups there, like Byzantines and Hasidic Jews and all these people. So you saw a lot of religious people dressed like they're religious, you know. It was interesting to see. And we weren't, like, they didn't think we were strangers. They figured, well, you know, they're those people. So it's interesting. Uh, in, in talking to the priest, I found out that uh, our people in our churches don't really, they're not compassionate as they should be to the priests. They didn't complain, but I listened to them. And sometimes they're taken for granted. We should not do that. We should be compassionate to each other, but especially to priests and religious. Uh, that's our obligation. So as you know, here at the monastery, a priest comes by or visits us, we, we welcome them. We don't have too many to come, but a few do. Some come and stay with us on retreat. So one fellow came, <laughs> one priest, 
And we always offer them a cup of coffee or something, you know. They rarely eat with us unless they're staying here. And so we didn't have any creamer. So we put butter in their coffee and they loved it. <laughs> I told the priest that and they all laughed. <laughs> so, and we, we gave what we have. To be compassionate means to see the needs of others and console them and help them with their difficulty. Uh, I was sitting in, a, we had set four hours in Seattle. It's horrible, noisy over there, you know. Terrible noise. I, I can't even take it. So anyway, I was sitting there and brother went somewhere. He, could, well, he went to get a little bite for lunch to bring it back to us. And this girl was walking down. She looked very unhappy. A youngish girl, maybe in midlife. And I looked at her and I said, I said, God bless you. And she came over and she sat down next to me. And she says, why I says, what's your work? She says, I help people who are who are threatened to commit suicide. She says, the reason I do that is my brother who did that. And she says, then I changed my whole career and my life, and I went to help these people. And she says, that's what I do. I said, but you're tired, aren't you? She says, I am tired. There's a lot of work. A lot of people are not being taken care of. There's not enough compassion for these people, not love enough love for them. So I says, well, and I so I said, well, I'm going to give you a blessing. So I blessed her and I said, the you know the Old Testament blessing, God Abraham, God Abraham, Jacob, and I learned that with the blessing of our Lord. And I touched her, her chest, and I blessed her, and she said. Why aren't there more people like you? You know, well, I think there's not more people like us because we're frightened sometimes, right? We don't know a reaction of people are going to be. In a place like that, those, where those planes are going in and out, that's a really mess. And they're all in a rush. And uh, so many people are alone. It's difficulty. So when I missed the plane, when I got to uh, Seattle, I had to wait for the, the midnight. And I, the the little gal that had me in the wheelchair, she said, uh, she said, "Have you eaten?" I says, "No, but I can eat if I want to. But I I don't want to go like this." No, she says, "You're going to VIP." So I went into VIP, and she told them frankly. I'm not a member there, and it's the Seleska's Elite uh, Club, and I I didn't want to make any trouble, you know. And she really raised hell. She says he didn't get his lunch on the plane, and now he's in this wheelchair. She says you're going to. So they took me in, and they took me in. They, and I, you know, I can walk okay. Everything's level, no big deal. And then I went over, and they had. Uh, it was noon, around noon time or something. They had sandwiches and whatever. You could pick what you wanted. I had an apple. 
And I had something else I forget. So I picked, I sit down next to these ladies, two of them, and they were on their way to Hawaii. And they were girlfriends since they were young. And uh, I, they asked me where I was from. I says, I'm from the Blue Mountains of Oregon. And the other one said, well, she's talking about her husband going hunting while she's away. And I said, well, how are you doing? She says, well, I don't walk so good. So what's wrong? She says, I have lymphedemia. I says, well, I have lymphedemia too. So she showed me her legs, believe me, her legs are much worse than mine. But her girlfriend and her were just going to Hawaii, and her girlfriend was treating her. And I thought, gee, what compassion. So she was taking care of her on the trip. And they, were, they didn't know what they were going to do there, but they were going to try to have fun and relax. So I talked to them a while and about the gospel and things like that. They were grateful for that. So you see now, what I've learned about compassion is when you treat people with compassion, you're like Christ. You're helping them become healed. And of course, I'm dressed like a religious person, so I'm not frightening to them. And I told our priests, make sure you dress properly when you go out, that people are in need, can recognize you are, who you are, and maybe you can say a few words to them. And this girl told me, she said, if it was more people like you, she says, I wouldn't be so worn out because they're trying to save people from hurting themselves. That's a sad thing, but I asked her, I says, can you give me some insight in this? And she says, I don't really can't, but they don't, these people don't even have someone to talk with or they're, nobody's paying attention to them. And I, you know, we sell dogs here and it's a good thing. Helps part of the monastery a great deal. I think about all the problems. Some people just buy a puppy. I thought a sunny bishop carried a puppy, but he couldn't take care of it. And he had no one else in the house to help him take care of it. So he's a poor soul, I think. So we should pray for him. And it's a rough job he's got. I'm sure his priests love him, you know, but it's still, it's a rough job. So we're about to get a bishop, a new bishop. So when we get him, we have to love him and be kind to him if he allows us to do that. I think so many people do not allow themselves to be loved. They want to be protected from the love. I think that's not believing in the gospel. It's hard to believe in the gospel. I approach to the priest. The love of learning, the desire for God, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit is what keeps us. And I mean sacred learning, not nonsense. Like the radio and all that's nonsense. The love of the funny things in the gospel and in the Old Testament. We had a reading this morning, which was pretty 
explicit and funny. We didn't never, looks like we never heard it before, but it was funny, or last night it was. I think that when we pray, we should remember to pray for these people and that they have someone they can reach out to, especially for our priests who are isolated. And in these huge cities, I can't imagine how they stand it. I know we're way out here, and we don't have everything that we could have, but we're pretty well taken care of. And we can speak to almost anybody, at least I do. And some of them listen, and some of them don't. But all of them have the potential of hearing the voice of God through you and bringing them to the Holy Catholic faith. That's the only thing, really, that's worthwhile in this world. So I went to the Orthodox Church. They have a new cathedral, um, Rokor, and the priest was there. I went in, and I had to find a place where there weren't too many steps and all that, but I got in there. And they had a little shop there where I bought things, you know. He gave me 30% off. That's pretty good. And uh, he said, took his time. He says, you know, my, my brother, the deacon, died, and we're going to have the funeral tomorrow. I just came from dressing him, make sure he's dressed right properly. But he took his time, and he got us water and things to drink, and he let us go through the shop. So I bought things I really needed. I need a new set of vestments because one of my set of vestments fell apart. So I got a really good deal at $350, but the veils and things were extra. But that's a darn good deal. It's a gold vestment. You'll see it eventually. I bought. I didn't buy any books. I bought some little icons and a stick card that's wash and wear with gold uh, embroidery on it. I've got that. And all these beautiful things I got there. And he took his time and with us. And so I told him when I come back to the East Coast, uh, I'll come see him. I also told him that uh, I'll call him and order things from him too. I felt sorry, I felt honored. He took time out of his grief to wait on me. That's compassion, isn't it? Now about the cathedral, it's a little bit crowded, I thought, but the Russians do that. They had some tremendous relics there. They had an icon of our Lord uh, that was in a frame that the communists had shot, but it wasn't damaged. They put, put a, tried to put a bullet through it. And they had a cross there. They had relics of the apostles in it. And some person found that and they brought it to them. And they had quite a few relics and things like that. And he wanted me to see these special things. And I walked around with him to look at them. And he took me into the holy place and showed me the holy place. It was very beautiful. And he said, behind the cathedral there, he told me who was buried there. They're already burying people there. 
clerics, people like that, you know, holy people. He said the bishop will be here later this week for the funeral of my deacon, who is his brother. So I felt very compassionate to be with him, and I appreciated his holiness, and I gave him a big hug. I just gave him a big hug, you know. So this compassion is and takes some type of gift. So when I was talking with the priest in one of the talks, I talked about spiritual eyes. And who are those who can see the miracles in the world and who are those who they just don't see them or the good that's done in the world? And I said, the reason why that is not taking place is that person is not praying enough because God will give you those gifts because spiritual eyes are very important to understand a person that's in need, a person that needs your attention. They may be unattractive. They may be hurt. They may be hard for you to take, but maybe you're the only person that speaks to them kindly in a week. And they don't think they have much personal value that nobody spoke to them, even their own family. So many times we don't even recognize in our own family the people in need. Our mothers and fathers don't want to disturb their children with their concern. Disturb them with their, your concern. If they don't appreciate it today, they will in the future. Loving God is our holy desire. It's such a great beauty. And Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you love me. One of his commandments is to love your neighbor. And I think if we, if we take care of our neighbor in need, we're loving Jesus. If we get so much, so busy that we don't have time for each other, we're in trouble. If we can't see the miracles around us, we are in trouble. And you've heard me talk about some miracles I've seen. I told the priests that too, since they could, I could share those with them. And what you'll learn about seeing your another in, brother and sister in need is you learn humility. And you learn how good God is treating you. And you'll learn when you get spiritualized to see who needs your attention and who does not. Great gifts from God. I was a whole, in a whole room of some people it was a humility for me to be asked to talk to my brother priest. I told, I told Bishop, I said, well, you can certainly find somebody better than me. He said, no. Now, why was that? Well, first of all, I met Anna, 
and her husband, who are married uh, priest and his wife, they have two boys, all grown. And I started to speak to Ponashem in our language. I told them I don't speak too well because they don't have the opportunity. But I could speak enough that we could have a conversation. And Bishop sat me next to her at the dinner table because besides her husband, the bishop speaks Russian and Hungarian. I don't know if he speaks Ponashemu, but he may. So I talked to her, and she was so thrilled. So she asked me, uh, listen to this. This is interesting. I, sa I said, well, at home we said we were Slovak, but I thought we weren't. We, we didn't speak Slovak. We spoke Russian, or Ponashemu, as we say. I said, so she said, well, what tribe did you belong to? I said, we were Shadashani. Where was your village? I said, Kamanitsa, Humene. And she says, we must be related. She says, we're Krayani, which means we're countrymen. And she was just thrilled. So she kept me all entertained all through dinner. And I kept her entertained. Of course, I neglected the bishop and the others because it was a wonderful for her to meet me, for me to meet her. That's charity. Recognizing people like that. That's charity in the monastery when you see a monk upset and you try to pray for him and see if he'll quiet down. It's charity when you learn to be patient with just anybody. We can't always help the need of a person, but by our patience with them, we're speaking the language of love of Jesus Christ. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. <clears throat>